0: To another episode of Lie, Cheat, and Steal, the podcast about liars, frauds, thieves, and bullshitters. I'm your host Pat Royce. With me, as always, my co-host Kath Barbadoro. Kath, how you doing today?
1: Hi, Pat. Um, I'm good. I'm uh, I I've had like a weird couple weeks. I mentioned this at the beginning of a uh, a recent free episode I recorded a little disclaimer I recorded it was a it was a trigger warning but I also was like by the way I'm sorry these episodes have been coming out at random times uh I'm in the middle of moving and I'm very stressed out so yeah <laughs> um hopefully by the time this episode is out I will be done but I am in the middle of moving and my life is so boring and stressful at the same time it's a terrible combination Yeah. I like don't get to do anything fun because I have to spend all my time getting ready to move and like throwing shit away and packing and doing all that stuff. So uh, it's nice to have uh, a nice break from that to talk to you, Pat. But uh, yeah. I'm not gonna lie, I am very tired and very cranky.
0: So. <laughs> <All right>. Well, <laughs> um, well, I, you know what? I you know what? I think that's uh, that's good that you're. Uh, if no, it's not good that you're cranky. But if Thank you're you. cranky, yeah, if you're cranky, you're gonna. Uh, I think we're, we're doing a good a good um, topic for today because we're talking about a man who was very well liked by all okay. uh, by all accounts. So he's a congenial guy. But this is actually uh, I'm, I'm excited to do this episode. This is a continuation of what was I never really intended to be a series, but um, it is
1: now though. Part two it of the series. Part two of part... the ongoing Lie Cheat and Steal presents series. Yeah,
0: yeah the, I, yeah, the ongoing Lie Cheat and Steal presents. The Mark-Ass Presidents series. Yes. Now, <laughs> uh, the first episode that we did was uh, the Mark-Ass Presidency of Ulysses S. Grant, and I believe that was a uh, on our Patreon. So if you like the idea here, uh, normally we discuss liars, frauds, thieves, and bullshitters, but every now and then, you know, you, you want to do an episode about the Mark, the victim, you know? Right. And normally, most people are just victims of one scam. But occasionally, history hands us powerful men who are just the biggest marks of all time—the uh, <laughs> the biggest mark in the free world, some might say. And yeah. Uh, the, yeah, the first one we did was about Ulysses S. Grant, and I remember uh, defending myself to a comedian friend of ours, Tim Williams, who had just watched a documentary about Grant. He's like, "He was a great guy." I was like, "Not saying he was—he was a bad person, but he's a mark-ass president." And Sometimes
1: he got, the best people are also the best marks. It's like, I wish it wasn't the case, but sometimes the best people are the easiest to take advantage of. That's That's just how it
0: works. Exactly it. And and we start to look, and I I hope this is an ongoing series because I mean, I think all presidents are kind of marks, but- um, They're definitely
1: marks for themselves at the very (coughs) least.
0: For sure, yeah. And so this, this, uh, I just wanted to roll right into it today. And so this one is, um, yeah, this is the second installment of our Mark-Ass President series. And today I want to talk about the mark-ass presidency of Warren G. Harding.
1: All right.
0: Warren G. Harding. Now, I uh, astute Twitter followers realize that last night I tweeted aloud wondering um, how influential the name of Warren G. Harding was on Warren G., one of my favorite rappers from my childhood. Mm. Um, we may never know. Uh we could ask Warren G, but if I meet him, I'm not gonna waste some time with this question. But is
1: he still? I thought he, I thought he had passed away. Is he still with us, Warren G? I
0: believe Warren G is still alive.
1: Okay. Yeah. I, Nate Is Nate Dog?
0: Nate yeah. Dogg passed away. Yes, Nate, Nate Dog did died. Pass okay, away. That's, yeah.
1: I think that's why I was. Conf- I knew a, a, you know, a seminal G funk. Yeah, 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 Had passed on, but I couldn't remember who. Yeah, yeah, um, I know that
0: someone was regulating up there in heaven. You know?
1: Exactly, exactly. We had to send somebody up there to regulate, but I. Couldn't yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> and you can't be no geek off the street. You know? Exactly.
1: <laughs> I'm always saying that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's so applicable to just so many <laughs> facets of life. But yeah, today we're talking about the Mark S. presidency of Warren G. Harding. Now, Warren G. Harding, uh, a little bit about this guy. He was the 29th president of the United States of America. He served from 1921 until his death in 1923. And as far as presidents go, Harding is actually unique in several ways. Now, he's one of the few presidents to die in office uh, of natural causes. Uh, yeah, cause-
1: who else? The the one other guy died of because he gave a speech without a coat. There was that guy. I think it was like like McKinley? I think it was McKinley, yeah. I think,
0: yeah. And uh, then did
1: anyone else die of natural causes or were they all assassinated?
0: I think they were all assassinated. Taft, did he die in that bathtub or did he just get stuck in it?
1: He got stuck in it. He died later in life. I I know that (laughs) because I remember um, reading about how he was, which I respect him for. I feel like Jimmy Carter's kind of this way. Taft was more proud of being a judge than he was a being president. So when he died, there's like no mention that he was a president on his gravestone. It just talks about his, his tenure in the judiciary. (laughs)
0: So. <laughs> that's time to be like yeah like i'm sure like john travolta like wants his shit right like, here lies john travolta pilot <laughs> like,
1: yeah, yeah 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 exactly
0: <laughs> pilot totally straight
1: <laughs> heterosexual man R. I. P.
0: yeah here lies the heterosexual body of one john travolta <laughs> so Yeah, no, he was one of the most, uh, he was one of the few presidents to die in office. At the time of his death, he's one of the most universally beloved presidents that America's ever had. Um, yeah and that that is pretty much his whole entire polit- his whole entire life people just liked warren g harding That's um, so
1: interesting cuz yeah we la- I I feel like we have no contemporary memory of of how much he was beloved like, Yeah. people just don't think about it. and we have no guy.
0: contemporary like like comparison for a president that wasn't hated by like at least half of the country
1: Yeah very true very true Yeah
0: So now another thing that was unique about him is he is also the only president brave enough to admit that he was too stupid to be president and
1: I love this guy. He, that, yeah. That's
0: yeah. the only person who should be president is someone who can admit that. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll get to like his thoughts on his own capabilities here in a little bit. But uh, <laughs> uh, history, I'll, I'll tell you this, history agrees with him. Uh, I'll say that. <laughs> So, now, uh, but much like the first entry in our hopefully ongoing series of Mark Ass Presidents, uh, Warren G. Harding is best known for presiding over one of the most corrupt administrations in American history. And again, as with Ulysses S. Grant, this corruption was carried out by his most trusted appointees who took advantage of Harding's limited intellect and trusting nature. Now, when I say limited intellect, I don't mean like, you know, he wasn't like, you know, apple slices, juice boxes, and shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, sure, he was. Yeah, yeah. He was when it comes to people that like you look at like even some of the presidents that we hate, we go, oh that guy's stupid. It's like, well, that guy graduated from Harvard. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not saying that he that he, that he didn't do it, that. You couldn't do that, but it's like when you talk about like somebody of, of limited intellect, it's like Harding should have like stayed in his lane. He did not have like the
1: great, yeah, great grading on the curve of presidents.
0: Yeah, he exactly. Had a,
1: a limited intellect. He was probably of average intelligence.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, but as far as yeah. like on the global stage. He, he, and he proved that he didn't quite have the mental yeah. wherewithal to handle that position. So, yeah, uh, now, yeah he was, uh, now, yeah, like I said, so he, was, he was, took advantage, of the, his friends took advantage of his limited intellect and his trusting nature, uh, which are probably the same two attributes that more than likely led to them being appointed in the first place. Mm-hmm. See, uh, Warren G. Harding was born in 1865 in Blooming Grove, Ohio. His parents were farmers who became country doctors, and they provided Warren with an idyllic rural childhood uh, Childhood of relative privilege. His whole life was just swimming in creeks, playing with cows, like, shooting guns and just riding around, like, just being a vet to animals and just pretty much having a good time. Uh, Lovely. Yeah. The,
1: yeah, no, the type of childhood you put in a campaign ad. I mean, yeah, it, I know they it, didn't it, really have campaign ads back yeah. then.
0: But well, yeah, well, no, they, they they leaned into his childhood pretty heavy because it was just like it was you know the the all American childhood or the the yeah. that you know the the believed all American childhood. Right. Yeah. Uh, is it really all American when very few people had it like that? Probably not. But uh, now Warren was tall, handsome, and well liked by just about everybody. He was athletic and friendly, and one of those people who you can tell wants everyone to like him, but also pulls it off in a way that. Isn't creepy or weird you know Mm. uh this describes many
1: comedians
0: yeah yeah yeah. i was thinking that same shit when i typed that sentence i was like yeah one (laughs) of those things where everybody wants to be liked but you know it's true the true people who can uh pursue their goal of wanting to be liked and not look too weird doing it and he was one of those guys not
1: seem desperate but also everybody knows that's what you want yeah
0: yeah of course yeah that was him so uh for a man who would one day be president he was actually surprisingly unambitious as a young man uh, he kicked around Ohio for a few years after college. He ended up buying a failing newspaper, the Marion star with a couple of his friends for 300 bucks. Like we, like we talked about that in the last episode. Like this is a, you go back in the day, people did like wild shit at such young ages. <laughs> like, he was just you know, right. post post college bought a paper with his homies. Just and, buying
1: a newspaper. Why yeah, not?
0: yeah. As you do. Yeah. So <clears throat> the three transformed the paper from a failing third place rag to a booming daily publication. They did this by essentially turning it into the newspaper version of Warren G. Harding himself. It was a middle of the aisle, almost apolitical paper that lobbed softball questions to politicians from both parties, and made a very successful effort to never really print a bad story. Uh, its neutral stance garnered it favor from Democrats and Republicans alike. And I remember when I first heard that, I was like, "Oh, that's cool. That's cool that he had like a fun." And I was like, "Oh wait, no, it's not." <laughs> like, he's, like, I he's mean, just...
1: like, it's definitely not. But at the same time, like. It's so weird to think about a paper that only had good stories being successful. Yeah. Like, that would never work today. That no, would yeah, just, no, yeah. It would crash and burn immediately. Nobody would click on it because yeah, it just no, only yeah. had nice stories.
0: Yeah, his was just, you opened it, and, like, it wasn't, like, you know, fear mongering. But then at the same time, it was it didn't do that. I, I guess I would say the reason it wasn't cool is that it didn't play this into the benefit of the people. Uh, oh, totally. Yeah. yeah, no, it it's, definitely it, very, it's bad
1: to just be a centrist. Cause you don't want to step on any toes. That's yeah. bad.
0: Yeah. And, and, and they, they quickly became a favorite of both Republicans and Democrats alike. You know, they were just yeah. like, Oh yeah, yeah. We love the Marion star. Uh, you know, those guys, like all these other guys are asking us about who we're sleeping with. And this guy's asking us, uh, what, uh, what our favorite Odie moment was, you know? <laughs> <You're> <laughs> right. Just,
1: exactly. Yeah.
0: So, now you combine this uh, to, you know, like, as with the most successful men in history, uh, he married a woman from a very wealthy family. And uh, before you know it, Warren Harding was rubbing elbows with the political elite of Ohio. So, this was great news for Harding because his new proximity to the political establishment allowed him to pursue his true passion of uh, gambling, having sex with women, while getting shit-faced and drunk seven nights a week. Uh, that was pretty Respect. much... facts. Yeah. He was... Dude, he seemed so fun. He, yeah,
1: he seems like just a good-hearted, good-time boy. Just a nice, a nice guy to have around.
0: That's exactly. That's exactly what he was. And like, he was also sharp enough to know that, you know. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. so were the people around him, uh, to varying degrees of success. So his behavior proved him to be a perfect fit for his newfound politician buddies. Uh, they were like, "Hey, this guy just loves to drink and fuck. Like, hey, so do we. Like, so." I mean, this
1: sounds like I. <sighs> I know this is, given his actual presidency, this is not a good comparison, but it honestly sounds a lot like George W. Bush. Like, yeah. Just, I mean, I, you know, I always thought he was a fucking demon, but like, you know, just somebody who's like personable, doesn't have any like super strong convictions, yeah. people s- just sort of like hanging out with him. He's like a pretty good natured guy. Yeah, it's and like then, one of those- malevolent people use him as a vessel in order to get power and then you know kill a million iraqis yeah
0: yeah yeah man and that's like i you know like that's seems to be such uh like a recurring theme it's like ulysses grant like people liked him like ulysses grant was was less of a party guy they just liked him because he was a he was trustworthy he was honest and he was like you know a, a dutiful general and so people were like, yeah, we we respect this guy. But people around him were like, yeah, yeah, everybody respects him. Actually, get him in there. So while they're busy respecting him, I'll be, you know, slicing the bottom of their pockets open, you know like Right. I,
1: I can do all the disrespectful stuff under his yeah. under his nose. Whereas like a Warren G Harding or a Georgia W. Bush, it's not so much like sneaking around behind his back. It's more like these are really easy people to manipulate. Like, yeah, yeah.
0: Because exactly. they want he,
1: everyone to like them, and because they're affable and
0: yeah, yeah. he just kind of wanted to go along for the ride, man. Like that was kind of like his deal. He's like, yeah, fuck it. Oh, what the 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 the, the booze, women, and gambling train's going which way towards D.C. Yeah. <laughs> well, then I guess buy, I'll buy a ticket. Fuck, you know. What right. you <laughs> <laughs> so the next two decades saw his rise through the. Uh, okay, let's say. So it wasn't very long um, be, you know, between all the partying and boozing with women and politicians that, you know, as nature would have it, they elected him an Ohio State Senator in 1899. So the next two decades saw his rise to the ranks of Ohio politics, uh, eventually being elected as a senator in 1914. His client was about as corrupt as you might expect. He lined well-paid, politi- uh, well-paid positions with friends and family. He had numerous affairs. This dude was like, was fucking like he was like so he was one of those guys that nicknamed his penis
1: oh boy
0: yeah I, I i obviously there's a million things one could call a penis but what just what do you think warren g harding called his penis
1: i mean it's gotta be a some kind of harding pun right
0: no 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 that see that that's 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 why that's why he was the face and not the brains because he couldn't mm. come up with that it's so simple it's just like it's
1: you got You got to just tell me. I don't. Yeah. Know
0: he, so he called his dick Jerry.
1: Jerry. <laughs> yeah. This is not a smart man.
0: Not a smart man. Like, or like, yeah. Like, if you, if someone, if some guy's got like, if his dick has like a sinister name, like, if a dick has a name, okay, already red flag. But if the dick has a sinister name or like a weirdly like trumped up name. You know, that's that's a little off-putting, but if the dick is just like a name of another dude, that's probably the most harmless dick name one can have.
1: It really is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like of all of all the dick names, like that is very sort of non-threatening.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was he called it like like the like the Terminator or anything like that? Like he was just like, yep, yeah, this is just Jerry. And uh yeah, him and Jerry, boy howdy, they had a good time. Uh just about everything in his line of sight he was smashing. Uh, he ended up smashing his best friend's wife while his best friend was in the hospital battling depression.
1: <laughs> oh,
0: man. That's not going to help his depression. No, 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 no. The doctor, the doctor would be like, actually, that's about the worst thing that could happen to him right now. That's probably I'd say. the
1: worst thing. Come
0: on. Very weird. So, yeah, and he actually kept that one up for 15 years. Uh, her name was Carrie Phillips, and she was the first person to size up Harding correctly. And surmised that he wasn't about that action and proceeded to squeeze money out of him. Ah, okay. So, by 1916, uh, Harding was the chairman of the Republican Party. And he decided to neutralize the scandal that could arise from his extramarital affair with Carrie Phillips. And in true Mark-ass fashion, how he decided to handle it was that he told her he'd leave his wife and marry her. Oof. Yeah. Yeah uh carrie suggested that how about we don't do that how about we actually break up
1: (laughs) how about you just give me money and we yeah yeah
0: so yeah carrie insisted they see other people harding was heartbroken which i never thought about that like how difficult it must be to play off being heartbroken around your wife and you're heartbroken because the girl you were cheating on her with you? (laughs) yeah that
1: is that's a tough emotional spot to be in
0: (laughs) yeah i don't don't have a lot of sympathy but i bet it's tough (laughs) Yeah it's, yeah, it's a weird thing to keep up. Like, you gotta, like, you know, convince her that you're sad about some shit with, for her. You're like, I just thought about, you know... Right. I thought about, like, what if you died and it made me real sad. <laughs> so, uh... So, yeah, so, uh... To add to the pain of losing Carrie, though, she then wrote him a letter demanding that he start paying her money, as you called correctly. <laughs> she said to pay, pay her money or she'd go public with the affair. Now, news of any affair would have been devastating for Harding. I mean, you know, the political affairs... In political careers today, and I mean back then, it was like you know that could end your like more than your political career. That could end your professional career. You know, it was a horrible. Right. Yeah, nobody wanted that. So, uh now, no now news of any affair, like I say, yeah, would have been devastating for Harding, but it was exponentially worse because of who Carrie Phillips was. Not only was she the wife of his best friend, she was also an outspoken supporter of Kaiser Wilhelm, Wilhelm, and Ooh. Germany in general.
1: Yeah, Germanophil- that's a problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is uh,
0: yeah, early nineteen tens. You know, little tricky. You know, a so tricky. Uh, yeah. Also, we're, we're, I
1: just want to interject and say that it's really weird to hear about somebody from a hundred years ago with a name as normal as Carrie Phillips. That's like, you know, that's yeah, such yeah. a normal name. It's like really weird.
0: Yeah, every know. other name involved in this is like, you know, like <laughs> Thermont Fork or whatever. Like, right, like everyone exactly. Else. I'm just like Carrie
1: yeah. Phillips. Isn't she? Isn't she in the new Marvel movie? Like, yeah, it yeah, just sounds yeah. like a name. That, yeah. <laughs> so. But anyway, yeah, that that is problematic uh, for yeah. sure. If you're if you're a high level politician and your girlfriend loves Kaiser Wilhelm, yeah, she's like, I just
0: can't get enough of that Germany man. Those guys are so good. <laughs> so yeah, this is tricky for Harding, seeing as how America had declared neutrality in the uh, you know the bubbling European conflict. Uh, however, when America finally entered the war against Germany, uh, the connection to Philip was you know even worse. So Harding responded by agreeing to pay her five thousand dollars a year in hush money. That's a hundred twenty five grand for anybody at home keeping track in today's money. Damn. So Carrie demanded more. <laughs> Carrie was like, nah, fuck that. It's chump change. And so Harding was forced to turn to the Republican National Committee to finance the rest. So yeah, Carrie Phillips, she's like, she cooked everybody. Um, yeah. So the final agreed upon increase was a lump sum payment of 20 grand and an all, expense, all expenses paid trip to Japan.
1: <laughs> all right. She I mean, I take that
0: deal. Yeah, she presumably was just on the back of the boat, just like two middle fingers up, laughing her ass off. <laughs> and she just, you know, hurtled eastward or westward rather. So, uh, yeah, so that was uh, not a good look for Harding. and now, um, But he had a freshly bought clean slate. And the fact that he'd never cared enough about his job to actually make a political enemy uh, led the Republican Party to choose Harding as their compromise candidate to run against Woodrow Wilson. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is on one t-
1: way to play it just don't give yeah. a shit and then yeah. eventually you'll be in the right place at the right time yeah the
0: only people that hate you are the boss and this is coming from somebody who has lived my entire professional career like this is just never <laughs> really like, like everybody liked me at work i mean like was i a good employee no never i refused to but everybody liked me you know <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah totally
0: yeah i do what like i fucking when i went back to connecticut um I was a couple like two years ago when I, I popped back up in New York and did a couple shows. I popped back over in Connecticut and set up a show uh, one night in Hartford. And a bunch of my old AT and friends came out. My manager instead told me he's like, "You were so easy to manage." He's like, "You were a horrible employee." But whenever I confront you, you just be like, "Yeah, I did that. I fucked up. Sorry." Right. Like, <laughs> he's like, "You've uh-huh. never." Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's like, "You never defended yourself." I was like, "There's nothing to defend." I knew I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, Respect. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's how you go through life, man. So so they decided they are going to run him against Woodrow Wilson. They put him on a ticket with Calvin Coolidge. And, and that was in 1920. And much like Ulysses S. Grant, Warren G. Harding was positioned to run for the presidency by men who were far more ambitious than him, looking to parlay his likability into a four- to eight-year power play for their party's interests.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So the public had lost patience at this point with the progressive agenda of his opponent, Woodrow Wilson. Uh, Woodrow Wilson was... You know, trying to do all sorts of wacky stuff about like equality and shit like that. You know, and they were just like, and it was just like, uh, also the economy wasn't doing too hot. It was just a drag on everybody. And they were just like, yeah. hey, you know, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. Woodrow Wilson was like America's first like just like killjoy. Where it's like, yeah, we get it, man. I wish things were better too, but get the fuck out of here. I'm trying to party. <laughs> uh, so, so, so thusly, uh, what? And because people, like politicians have always been, you know, more or less savvy. Uh, they uh, ca- they captioned Harding's campaign as a uh, quote a return to normalcy uh marking ah. the fir- yeah <laughs> yeah the marking-
1: inspiring message that yep. carried uh, joe biden into office yeah, yeah yeah
0: yeah marking the first and only time a presidential candidate would call upon uh, a return to a vague bygone area that no one could really articulate <laughs> or agree upon <laughs> right. yeah right so the gamble paid off, and Harding began his term as president in March of 1921. Uh, it was the biggest landslide victory ever seen in American politics to that point. There was one Damn. before that where somebody ran unopposed, and that was the only one that okay. beat it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that is wild to think about that somebody ran for president unopposed. Yeah,
0: that I wanted to look crazy. into that. I should have looked into that and see what the hell was actually happening. <laughs> like, that does, that, like, I just took it for granted. I was like, oh, okay, somebody ran unopposed. And like, in my head, I'm like, wait, 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 what? <laughs> like,
1: yeah, <that> is, it's <laughs> the president man we spent yeah. like two we spent like 50 percent of all the years only thinking about who is going to be elected yeah
0: to the
1: office. and somebody just ran unopposed unopposed yeah office.
0: yeah I, I paid that so little thought it was like almost it's because
1: fucking of a... head of the pta or something yeah like that.
0: yeah, yeah that's yeah. crazy oh man um it also it's like it's not even just researching politics but just being like having you know an eye on the news the next two to three years of school board meetings are gonna be shit shows man oh that's my be god dude i don't even <laughs> want to think about it it's crazy, oh, so yeah. grim. so grim. Yeah, yeah, so bad. Anyways, if you back have to
1: kids us- and you're not insane and you have time, like try to run for school board. Like keep yeah. the crazy people out. But yeah, but please. yeah, but good
0: luck because like, like, like the crazy people just like like, you know what I'm saying? Like oh yeah, the you ones. also
1: have to be cool with like definitely getting death threats. Like- yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so. The gamble paid off. Like I said, biggest landslide victory ever seen in American politics to that point. He quickly filled his cabinet with all his good buddies that he'd met over the years in poker games in the smoky back rooms of D.C. and Ohio. The main core of Harding's band of movers and shakers were from his days in the Ohio political machine. Uh, It was a ruthless, corrupt group of wealthy political and business elites who quickly became known as the Ohio Gang, which is cool as fuck. (laughs) Pretty cool. (laughs) Pretty cool. Yeah. Uh... Now, the Ohio gang was comprised of 11 members, Harding included, and much like Ulysses S. Grant's cabinet, these were going to be the guys that were going to just, you know, essentially just like like take advantage of his ass. Um, yeah, some you know, leeches. If, we got yes, some leeches yeah. around. Just some real leechy characters. Yeah. I really wish Warren G. Harding had a better friend. Actually, Warren G. Harding has a great quote where he says, uh, I can handle my enemies. It's my friends that keep me pacing the floor at night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: That's a it, that's a quote that you should see on an a Instagram picture of Leonardo DiCaprio and Wolf of Wall Street. That's yeah. like a solid <laughs> success like meme the, quote. 18 filters on it. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so, um. Now, only a handful of the uh, of them actually hailed from Ohio, but all of them had the ear and the trust of Harding, and all of them played large roles in several major scandals that unfolded under the Harding administration and played out well into the years following his death. On paper, the gang's extensive rap sheet reads that just about every charge a politician can be accused of, but individually, they all had like their own equivalent of like a Marvel standalone scam leading up to this <laughs> huge Avengers-level scam that they would later pull nice. off. <laughs> like... So today I have a few because again this is one of those things if you if you listen to the Ulysses S Grant episode there's like eleven uh, uh, like scandals that have their own Wikipedia pages on the <laughs> Wikipedia page of Warren G Harding scandals like <laughs> so wow. it's really yeah a
1: category more than a Wikipedia page
0: yeah, yeah exactly yeah, exactly it's just a genre at that point but uh, so. Now, uh, up top, there was Harry Doherty. Now, Harry Doherty was a businessman from Ohio, and he actually helped Harding win the Republican nomination uh, and was appointed attorney general uh, for his efforts. Now, he would go on to create a scam which pocketed the proceeds from the sale of property confiscated by the U.S. government during World War One. So, you know, pretty shitty, uh, but, you know, not even the worst of what these guys would get up to.
1: A pretty, yeah, pretty self evident scam. Don't love it. It's yeah, bad, yeah. but, like, I
0: get <laughs> yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, it's cut and dry. Like, I'm not, I, I'm desensitized yeah. and shit like that. So, now there's another guy named Charles Forbes. Now, Charles Forbes was a, uh, a buddy of Ward G. Harding's, and he really, really, really wanted to be chairman of the U.S. Shipping Board. And. There's just something fishy about a guy who really, really, really wants to be chairman of the U.S. shipping board.
1: Yeah, no, no, (laughs) import-export people tend to not be on the up-and-up in in my experience of researching stuff for this podcast. Yeah, exactly. Somebody who's super into that, probably a little crooked.
0: Yeah, it also, it's like so, like, it's almost a little scary because you know a guy like that's done his homework. You know, yeah. it, it, would just be like, it would be like a little off putting. Like, Hi, like you're, you're back there, you're pouring up whiskey. You just won the election in a fucking landslide. You just, you know, beat uh, Woodrow Wilson's uh, lame ass. And you're just like talking to your buddies. Like, what do you want? And your guy's like, I want to be the chairman of pussy. And you're like, I got you, buddy. And what do you want? He's like, I want to be whiskey department. And your one friend goes, Oh, actually, if I can be the chairman of the U.S. shipping board. Yeah. That's the, that guy, like,
1: what's up your sleeve, friends what's Yeah, yeah, that guy you?
0: did his homework, man. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Because though, the U.S. Shipping Board controlled billions in funds that it used to conduct business business with private shipping companies. So this would make whoever wielded that uh, one of the most powerful people on the planet. Because it was like, yeah, at this point, it's basically
1: like current military contracting. Exactly.
0: Yeah, so in a rare show of restraint, Harding denied his friend that appointment uh, mm. as soon he kicked the ground. I was like, oh, man. But instead, he placed his friend in charge of his newly created Bureau of War Risk Insurance. Mm. So the, the salary was a measly quarter million a year in today's money. And uh, Forbes was a little miffed. Uh, his buddy Forbes uh, was a little mad. So Forbes immediately set about using his influence to draft what was known as the Sweet Bill. Um, not sure why it was called that. I assume cause it fucking rocked, but, uh, <laughs> they called it the sweet bill and that created the office of the veterans bureau. Now that was a precursor to the veterans affairs administration we have today. Mm. So and it's given his prior his prior military service in the Navy band. So he was a musician in the Navy and he also deserted at one point and came oh,
1: great. back. Yeah. Two, <laughs> two qualities that definitely make me think this guy is, yeah. you know, a great person to put in charge of the troops.
0: When you desert the Navy band, like when you're working on a side project, you're you're just like.
1: Wait, like, yeah, you're not even in the fucking line of combat, man. You deserted (laughs) the Navy band? Like, what's wrong with you?
0: I was working on a bit I called the Traveling Navy Berries, and I thought that was going to (laughs) be hard. So, but apparently, though, to his credit, he did return from his desertion and actually won, like, like a meritorious service uh, medal. Okay. Um, yeah, so you know, he he realized his mistake. Uh, so Harding appointed him. Harding was like, "Hey, good job creating this brand new department. Uh, I'm gonna put you in charge of that." And he then became in charge of six billion in annual funding. So shout out to Forbes. He was like, "Oh, Easy you want to give me this little... consolation
1: prize for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> like dress for the job you want. Just like create the job you want. Like, oh, if you're given a job you don't want, just make up one that you do want and do that yeah. job. So, the funding was supposed to be used to house and feed veterans, give them medical care, and create uh, programs to teach them job skills. Um, that didn't happen. So, like, uh,
1: shocker. What a shocker. Yeah.
0: With millions of dollars at his disposal, Forbes hired 30,000 new workers at the Veterans Bureau. Uh, under under Forbes, it was overstaffed, and many appointed agents looked for means to justify their paid positions. Uh <laughs> During his tenure as director, he ignored the needs of wounded veterans. Uh, In less than two years that Forbes held his position, he embezzled approximately $2 million, uh, mainly in the connection with the building of veterans' hospitals. And this is just evil from selling hospital supplies at a lower rate. (laughs) Like, he's just like, yeah, like when you steal shit from your job and you're like, yeah, I I can sell it for, I can sell this TV for 50 bucks because it's all profit. Yeah, he was just. He was just, like, literally just stealing medical supplies. On a grand
1: zaga. scale. Um, yeah. Yeah, like, a systematic scale. Yeah. That's They that were supposed incredible.
0: to treat, treat people returning from World War One, which was, like, a, like like had redefined what PTSD and, like, war injuries could even look right. like. Yeah,
1: yeah. no, I, I remember, like, I was just recently reading about how that's, like, kind of when they invented plastic surgery was yeah. after those, uh, because, like, the... The sort of widespread use of things like antibiotics meant that injuries that would have previously killed people meant that they were now living, but they were incredibly disfigured. Yeah. And so, yeah, all of those people that should have been getting treatment at these hospitals, <laughs> uh, this guy's skimming a little bit off the top instead
0: <laughs> be like hey buddy like i got some good news the bad news all right you you survived that landmine blast and you're here with us now uh you don't have what we'd call a human face anymore <laughs> however women are wearing less and less and they dance a lot crazier so welcome to the 20s buddy <laughs> yeah
1: six and one half dozen the other you win some you lose some yeah buddy. yeah
0: yeah so also this guy would would so he would build these these va hospitals and then he would uh he would get together his buddies and go hey let's go on uh let's go check the progress of these hotels of, the, of these hospitals being built, and they would just go on these long ass trips, and they were just they was just and he literally called them joyrides,
1: yeah. And he would go yeah we're
0: gonna, we're gonna go inspect veterans hospital construction sites, and he just went all up and down. The, a lot of them were out in the Pacific Coast, and he was just just tearing around, just I imagine you know smoking good weed, going to like hang out at the beach and shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh, yeah there was that one also he got caught like taking like um yeah the 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 hospital supplies things came out too he sold seven million dollars worth of uh much needed hospital supplies for 600 grand yeah so you didn't
1: even have to discount it that much to make money you're just being an asshole at that yeah
0: yeah uh, and also, President Harding found out about this and was like, "Hey, buddy, stop doing that." And uh, I don't, I can't find details on it, but it's just the the article says, and uh, Forbes insubordinately disobeyed and kept doing it. <laughs> <He> just, <laughs> again, Mark ass president, like, yep. like, yeah, like, like can't you know, for stop all the...
1: these people, if he tried,
0: yeah, imagine like an LBJ told somebody to stop doing some shit and then found out they were still doing it, he would beat them to death with his dick. Like, oh, yeah. like, <laughs> like, he would not stand for this. So. All of that is kind of chump change in terms of scams because this is leading up to probably the biggest scam that up up until Watergate was the biggest was by by large the biggest scam in American politics uh, to ever happen like just dollar wise and just like how far it went to the top. Uh, Also. Anybody who's ever skimmed a high school history book, you've heard of this. Uh, Today, we're going to close out the episode talking about the Teapot Dome scandal.
1: Yes. Yeah. I knew it. I was like, (laughs) the one thing I remember from AP US history is definitely going to be a part of this at some point. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, this is one of those phrases that you remember from a history textbook and you have no recollection of what it actually means. No clue.
0: I, I, yeah, I remember covering this in history and I was just like, oh, I get to actually know what this means now? Thank you. Thank you, Lightsheet and Steel, for making me learn this. <laughs> so, the teapot dome is a rocky outcropping on a hill in an oil field in Wyoming. Uh, it's supposed to look like a teapot. It's broken down to an erosion a lot. It doesn't look like anything now, but I was able to find a photo of what it looked like at the time of the scandal. And I'm going to say still don't look like a fucking teapot. Didn't look and like so, a teapot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That is very yeah.
1: important. Thank you for looking that up. So we know. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. People apparently were just really dumb back then. <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, have you ever looked at the constellations and what they're supposed to be? People are yeah. really taking a lot of poetic license. Yeah.
0: Back in the day. <laughs> I love, like, if that that rock just had, like, the name of something, like, when you, like, the random shit you see, like, when you look at cloud shapes, the guy's like, and I call this one a cat riding a broomstick rock. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah, so, now this particular oil field was part of a series of fields that comprised reserves set aside for the Navy under President Taft. Uh, He was like, hey, hold on to that oil in case you got to squeeze me out of a bathtub. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because Taft was like, oil? You cooking? No, uh, so, yeah, so yeah, but uh, Taft, for whatever reason, no, I know the reason was that um, uh, at the time, the U.S. Navy had stopped using coal-burning ships and was moving towards oil-burning ships, and so, rightfully so, somebody was like, hey, maybe we should set aside a bunch of this, you know, in case we got to subjugate some people via marine warfare, you know? Right. And he was like, yeah, 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 sure thing. So they set these aside. And they were just sitting there, just not being drilled by any oil companies, and that was a bit of a social faux pas in the 1920s, uh, was to not let cartoonish capitalists have their way with the natural resources of the land. <laughs> so
1: <What>? shocking!
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the yeah, that was uh, yeah, real uh, yeah, a real faux pas back then. I went to go think of another French term that meant the same thing and couldn't think of it. That's how <laughs> I'm dumb I am. It's like yeah, that was a real uh, uh, soup du jour, If you get my drift. <laughs> So, like, uh, so yeah, th- th- this was looked at, it was like looked at, like, 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 it's like if you like work with like a really hot girl and she's married and everybody's just like, God ah, damn it. That's how they were looking
1: at this teapot. That's
0: how they, they were, were looking at this like, teapot. they were like, looking ah,
1: at this got... teapot and like biting their fists. Like, yeah. Oh. They're,
0: they're like, ooh, he ain't doing it right. He ain't doing it right. You know, <laughs> he's not, you know? <laughs> so. Yeah, so they, one of the people who were leering creepily at this, uh, at this oil field was one of the Ohio gang members and newly appointed Secretary of the Interior, a, man, a guy by the name of Albert Fall. So Albert Fall was a non-Ohioan who actually hailed from New Mexico and had deep ties to the region historically and politically, as well as throughout the state's oil industry. Uh, fun fact, his dad... Was a lawyer who represented the guy who killed the guy who killed Billy the Kid. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So he that's was like. like gu-
1: that's, you're basically famous back then. Yeah, yeah, that's- yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's that old, like, it's an old um, uh, Married with Children episode. They get like stuck in some small town for the night and they're like, uh, get, meet the guy who shook the hand of like, Fuck! I think it was like James Dean or something. It was like <laughs> this guy who shook James Dean's hand would do like speaking engagements in town.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah. So Albert, uh, yeah, Albert Fall, uh, he went to Washington with the almost stated purpose of advancing the interests of the oil companies, and through his connection to Harding, he found it very easy to do that. Uh, it became even easier when he was appointed Secretary of the Interior. Uh, that makes a lot of things easier. And yeah. he made it his first order of business to pressure Navy Secretary Edwin Dinby to transfer control of all those oil reserves to the Department of the Interior. Um, from what I've it took some convincing of Dinby, which makes me think that it wasn't like, hey, I'll cut you in on this. I think they kind of strong-armed this guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, almost immediately. So he so he gets so Denby transfers control of not just Teapot Dome, but like all these other oil reserves like California and shit. and he transfers them to the apartment of the interior almost immediately. Fall started granting drilling rights to his friends Harry F. Sinclair of Sinclair Petroleum. We still see those guys around. and uh, Ed Doheny of the Pan American Petroleum Company, which I don't know if those guys probably exist in some other fucking form these days. So
1: so basically like the government got control of this land. They sort of brute forced their way into being in charge of this land and then they sold the rights to drill on it to all their friends.
0: Yeah, yeah, almost like by almost by like the close of business the same day. <laughs> like it was just okay. like like yeah, boom, thank you. So uh they the contracts were done with zero competition and those that was legal under laws pushed through by the business friendly Harding administration. Now that's one thing that it wasn't just like, uh, "Hey, return to normalcy." It was like it was a very pro-business a- administration, mm-hmm. and like as we see, again, all so much stuff was the same in the twenties. As it is now in the 20s, it's it's yeah. kind of unreal. You had a, a, a populist president uh, rise to power with a vague slogan about getting America back to something. Uh, mm-hmm. There's labor unrests. We're still reeling from a war. There's just like social upheaval. Like it, it's uh, it's right. a it was a very, very dramatic
1: time. income inequality. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, the roaring 20s are back, my friend, and. Uh, <laughs> So the le- now the leases themselves were very favorable to the oil companies, uh, who then secretly gave no interest loans totaling a hundred thousand, which is one point four five million, and it gave him various gifts totaling around four hundred thousand by today about about six million. So he walked out of here roughly with about eight and a half million bucks, uh, is what is what Albert Fall personally walked away from with all this. So the illegal transfer of money was soon made public by an investigation carried out by a reporter named Carl McGee, uh, who would later found the Albuquerque Tribune. So he was alerted to the possible corruption by the immediate payoff of Albert Fall's taxes for his New Mexico ranch. <laughs>
1: <So> like, <laughs> Cash, like, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, which were be a which little were, more subtle, man.
0: Yeah, and also it wasn't just like it was; they were ten years past due. <laughs> <It was> like, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, and so that, you know, you can't keep that secret. So increased scrutiny of Albert Fall also revealed that he had several very costly upgrades being done to his ranch. Like, he's out there, he's like, money? What money? And it's like, there are four teams of construction crews on your grounds right, right now. It's renovating like the scene, scene in ranch. Goodfellas
1: when the, when the wife comes in with the fur coat. and the guy Yeah, 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 yeah. that's exactly
0: him. it. That's exactly yeah. it. So now in addition to this another oil man by the name of James Darden uh, kind of felt stiffed by the sweetheart deal between Fall and Sinclair and Fall Sinclair and Dony. so he just began drilling on the land just without approval he just showed up Yeah he <laughs> Better showed to up And
1: asked for forgiveness and permission of yeah, right? yeah yeah sorry, yeah, but...
0: yeah. <laughs> Hey can you flip that uh, drill upside down so it looks like a middle finger just like right at these guys <laughs> <laughs> So now the entire it, now so uh, then Fall had to run to Harding and was like, "Hey man, um, you know those oil reserves we were supposed to drill on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. By We're drilling on them. Uh, this guy is not supposed to be doing that though. This guy's not supposed to be drilling. Um, so you need to stop it. So Warren G. Harding sent in the Marines to stop this drilling, and it's like you know, it's a big deal. Like people see that yeah. shit happening. So it was actually documented by reporters for the Denver Post." So, to ensure their silence, Albert Fall bribed the editors with a $1 million payoff. Uh, And was like, hey, don't tell nobody about this, okay? Uh, Of course, it all came to light. Yeah. And it all came to to light during a tour that Warren G. Harding had taken of the West Coast to connect with voters. Um, No president at this point had had ever visited Alaska, so he went to go visit Alaska. All
1: right.
0: And he was going up and down to the boat, and that was when rumors started, like, 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 the the stuff started breaking the press. It was like, you know, hey, there's this huge, this huge scandal's going on. The Marines were, were sent out to stop a rogue driller. Uh, The Denver Post was paid hush money to keep it silent. All this stuff started to break while um, Harding was on this trip and he's on this trip and now historians debate as to how much Harding knew about what was going on Mm -hmm. and the debate, the consensus is that he knew something was going on, but Again, he kind of like, like, when I say like he wanted everybody to like him, it wasn't just like, uh, like, like we think that. It was kind of like, it was, it was like a prominent, like anyone who knew him knew that was part of his nature. Like his dad, his dad had once pointed out that like, uh, the family would be bankrupt if Warren was a girl because he couldn't say no. And he was like, I would have nothing but grandkids. (laughs) Like, just, you know. Um,
1: so yeah, like it is, it is not only, um, You know, like yeah, it's part of his personality in in like a meta textual way too. Like everybody (laughs) knows this about him.
0: Yeah, and so they 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 theorized. They're like, man, he probably just didn't. And again, Mark ass presidency, he just didn't have like he didn't want to tell his friends no. He didn't have the hoods. Yeah. It's like, it's like telling your buddies like you know like you waited too long to set boundaries, and now you got to be like, hey guys, actually you can't just you know ash your cigarettes on my carpet. You know I mean? Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, just except
1: it's with like drilling on national land. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Like man, you used to be fucking cool, man. You're like, no, I'm still cool. Fucking do I whatever you want. I promise, I'm still
1: cool. You yeah, can still yeah. throw a
0: little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just can't, like, you know, like you just can't put out the whole cigar. Like, you put cigarettes on cigars, you know. it's <laughs> Just like, yeah, like he, like he, even if he were to to confront them, he probably would have just folded and compromised. Right. So, now on the trip, uh, he started to become suspicious because, like again, he knew something was up, but it was probably one of those things where he kept himself out of the know because he was like, I don't, right. I'd rather not know about it. So right. He, if I
1: know about it, I'm gonna have to do something, and I don't feel equipped to do something. So.
0: Yeah. So he pulled uh, Herbert Hoover aside uh famously pulled him aside and was like hey man this is a quote not the hey man part he didn't say hey man <laughs> he wasn't like say dog, was good big herb uh check it <laughs> out <laughs> young hoove hey um he said if you knew of a great scandal in our administration would you for the good of the party and the country expose it or would you bury it and uh herbert hoover was like oh, yeah, i'd expose it because herbert hoover replaces him uh, very quickly, we'll talk about that mm-hmm. in a second. Uh, Herbert Hoover uh, replaces him and by, uh, by all means was a, uh, you know, a fairly, uh, a fairly competent. Actually, Herbert Hoover was was so, like, was, was a very religious guy. Mm-hmm. And he got pulled, like, basically he got asked about uh, the ongoing, like, the, the Ohio gang themselves. And uh, it was kind of funny what he had to say about these guys. Uh, so, basically, they invited him to hang out one time. And I don't know what they were thinking because this guy, Herbert Hoover was known as being a square.
1: Yeah.
0: And uh, so he he was like, yeah, he got called out for them. And uh, they were, so later, they, after everything was said and done, they asked Herbert Hoover, like, what who at the time was the Secretary of Commerce uh, under Harding. They asked him, like, um, you know, what he thought about uh, Harding's association with the Ohio gang. And he just said, like, it just like the most, like, like Ned Flanders, just kind of killed, not really killed Joy, but he says, You know, he enjoyed the company of these men and his old Ohio associates in and out of the government. Weekly White House poker parties were his greatest relaxation. The stakes weren't large, but the play lasted most of the night. Now, uh... I'd live too long in the frontiers of the world to have strong emotions against against people paying poker for money if they liked it. But it irked me to see it in the White House. <laughs> oh, mm. yeah. so, Disparaging
1: yeah. the office. Disrespecting the office.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like Hooper Hoover was one of those guys who, like, meant it. <laughs> this like, yeah, this just... totally. <laughs> so... Now, the, so meanwhile, all this is so all this story is breaking while Herbert Hoover is just like trapped on a boat, like going up and right. down the Pacific He's just coast stuck
1: on the fucking Pacific coast. Yeah. Yeah. Cell yeah. phones. He's yeah, yeah. Getting updates of the Twitter feed. He's just on yeah. a damn boat.
0: Yeah, it's Ward Harding, and he's like also like like Ward Harding also carried on numerous affairs when he was in the office. So I can only imagine right. like he, yeah he's getting a little yeah he's like, giving giving his crotch a little like, like his adjusting his uh, his his loins there a bit you know, and he uh like like he <laughs> this is. Yeah, he had like an ongoing aff- affair with a very young woman named uh, Nan Britton, and uh, after he passed away, she like wrote a tell-all, basically saying that like he fathered her daughter, and mm-hmm. that she was conceived in a closet in the Oval Office.
1: <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> okay. Yeah,
0: yeah. So he's separated from all that good stuff, you know, and uh, so he's just out and ab- out and about on the on the on the sh- on the ship, watching everything kind of go to shit, and he gets. Uh, At one point, he was reported by one of his associates as just saying, uh, you know what? I wish this boat would sink.
1: Damn. Just like, please get me out of this problem. I have no ability
0: to deal with it.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And at his lowest moment, because at this point, like Warren had spent most of his presidency just fucking drinking, smoking, hanging out. And he was drinking during Prohibition. Like, he wasn't even supposed to be drinking. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, as it happens when you drink, smoke, fucking gamble for most of your life, he died of a heart attack on that ship. On the boat. God damn. On the boat after saying that he wished it would sink. He got
1: his wish, kind of. Like, yeah, he's yeah, just yeah. like, yeah. I don't want to fucking deal with this. And then he yeah. did not have to.
0: <clears throat> so that, and then after this, the, the now, Warren, again, a beloved president. Uh, they yes. they did a slow a slow moving train carrying his body uh, back for like across the, the country back to DC, and they estimated about nine million people came out to like wave at his train.
1: Wow. Yeah, that's like all the people in the U.S. at that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, the entire population of the U.S. and everyone's cousin from Mexico came to go wave at this guy. But yeah, so he was. Like, the, the country was in shock, but then right as this happened, this teapot, the teapot dome scandal shit broke, and the public was divided. They had to ask, like, a tough question. Like, hey, how much did he know about it? And This is it was so th- crazy to think
1: about because, like, this is – I mean, granted, yes, these people took advantage of him. This is very bad. This is, like – every single thing Trump did was yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 And
1: he he was just like, yeah, I did that. So what? And everyone was like, yeah, (laughs) hell yeah, you did.
0: It's just crazy to think about.
1: But anyway, so so this is breaking. People are upset because it was a hundred years ago and people still had some kind of standards for the, president. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Scruples were still, were still around. Right. And so people <laughs> had this, this public discussion. Now for the members of the Ohio gang, um, a lot of them went to jail. Uh, Albert fall, like wow. one of the main uh, guys, he, he ended up doing something like 13 months in a presiden- presidential or like in a white collar prison or whatever mm-hmm. their version of it was. He got out and basically died penniless in El Paso, Texas. Um, the other guy, a lot of the other guys, like Forbes went to jail. The guy who was stealing all the, uh, all the damn medical supplies. Mm-hmm. He went to jail, but basically much like with Ulysses S. Grant, the, the, the nation decided that for their peace and well being, that they were going to go ahead and, uh, and blame the people around him and not him. Yeah. And yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: That was how it left. Now. I don't want to say, now Harding often comes in at like dead last on lists of presidents or or, or first when it comes to worst presidents, like depending on, the word, on, the, on, the, on the, what you're looking at. There has been a movement in history recently to kind of revisit his presidency. And he did have a few good, well, well-intentioned well moves, I'll say. Yeah. Um, he seemed to be on the right side of race relations, especially for his time. Mm. Um, he spoke out against the Tulsa race massacre when it happened. Uh, yeah, he also, at one point, said he had his uh, his famous quote where he was like, basically, whether you like it or not, if you believe in the American democracy, everything needs to be equal. And he yeah. had said that to defend a, a people wanted. Uh, that was back when people still wanted uh, literary t- literary te- literacy tests. Sorry, people wanted literacy tests for voting, and mm-hmm. he was like, "Yeah, we can do that, but everybody has to take one." Right. And that was like revolutionary back then. Uh, he also what released a bunch of, um, like, people who were imprisoned during, like, the Red Scare that was going on at that point. Or, like, like the workers and socialism, uh, mm. like, movements. He freed a lot of those people from jail. Uh, he kind of, and because he wanted everybody to like him, he was very open to policies that, like, help people, you know? Yeah. But where he faltered was that he didn't have the energy or the political talent to carry through
1: right was... yeah it doesn't even really sound like he um like he he was charismatic and stuff but it, it doesn't sound like he was able to turn it into anything to use it in any way yeah and didn't really seem motivated to use it
0: in any way either. That, yeah that's what I was he, he didn't really want to you know it was like it's yeah. like a cool idea like in the way that like right.
1: like he seems like a decent person but like really not who you want to be the president
0: yeah for sure yeah, well you know what you are not alone in that thought uh, a lot of a lot of people think that but I think the most important and we're gonna go ahead and end on this the, the person who agreed with you wholeheartedly would be Warren G Harding himself uh, right. I this is while he was in office <laughs> he said this and we're gonna go to ride out on this quote Warren G Harding said, "I am not fit for this office and should never have been here." <laughs>
1: incredible quote incredible Incredible
0: quote yeah Uh, that kind
1: of self-awareness is what we
0: should all strive for yeah 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 like man i am in way over my fucking head (laughs) (laughs) but yeah that is the story of warren g harding who got our yeah second
1: mark ass president our second
0: mark ass president guys if you liked this like concept uh, for a show i believe our ulysses grant episode is on our patreon you can go find that we are at uh patreon.com slash lie cheat and steal Uh, signing up for that, will get you access to that episode, all of our back catalog, plus uh, two more episodes a month. We release two free episodes, and we'll do two on the Patreon for you as well. Um, That being said, uh, I'm on Twitter at at P-Z-T-X. That's P-E-E-Z-Y-T-X as in Texas. And I have got shows and tour dates all over these days. So if you want to come see me, do live comedy. Oh, and also get, I need to post these. I have really cool lie, cheat, and steal koozies that I made Mm -hmm. off of a a cricket printer and ironed them on in a hotel room. And they look dope and they're cool as shit. And some scam gang members have those. And it's like very limited merch that you pretty much kind of have to come see me in public. (laughs) So... But, uh, yeah, so look for my dates. I got all those posted online. Um, That being said, uh, Kath, you got anything for us?
1: Um, I'm not sure what my dates are, but I have another podcast called What a Time to Be Alive. It's a weekly podcast uh, where we talk about stupid news stories. Um, We have a Patreon for that as well. And I'm Kath Barbadoro on social media. Um, I will certainly be posting stand-up dates there. So, yeah, thank you so much for listening.
0: Yeah, thank you guys. Oh, and also, I need to mention this. I have another podcast I'm doing as well. It's called uh, Good at Plants, Bad at Life. And I teamed up with a a very, very knowledgeable uh, person in the world of horticulture that I did not know before we started the podcast, did like speaking engagements and stuff. And it's me and him and Stephanie Gilbert from KXAN is uh, on our show as one of the other co-hosts. And we just... Pick this guy's impressive brain about plants and conservation and uh, the history of plants and things that we should do moving forward. And like we had an episode recently about Johnny Appleseed. And then we had one about the Pacific Northwest biomass. So really cool, really interesting stuff. So if that's up your alley, please go check that out as well. Um, but above all, guys, thanks for tuning in. Be safe, be smart. But, you know, like I said, above all, don't get caught.
1: Don't get caught. See you next time.
0: Bye.